All right. Hello, everybody. How you guys doing? This is Danny Orona. Welcome to the very first episode of Sticks and Kicks, our very first podcast dedicated 100% to the Phoenix Rising and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, speaking to you live, here is Danny Orona. You might know me a little bit from Arizona Deportiva. So, of course, those of you that speak Spanish, those of you that have followed me in the past, uh, you've known that we try to do it with the best professionalism and the best kind of uh, facts that we can. Uh, this show is a little bit different. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be as high quality production value that we are used to over there we are two guys that were led into a room with all this equipment left unlocked so we thought hey let's put this to good use so we are two uneducated i'm not gonna say fucks but we're two uneducated fucks here talking sports drinking the very beer that leaves us incompetent to play these sports here with me is martin lucio lucio why don't you introduce yourself to the people well, like you said, my name is Lucio. Uh, I'm part of the Red Fury and the Arizona or AZ Rabbits, uh, both the supporter groups, uh, one for the Phoenix Rising, one for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, and yeah, pretty much I'm just a longtime fan for the Coyotes. I played soccer the majority of my life, and uh, yeah, so I feel like I'm properly incompetent to judge these people. <laughs> We're like, as most people are. But you know what? We're, we are man enough to admit that, yes. you know, we shouldn't be doing this. But we are because you put it out there. <laughs> We're going to. We are We're definitely going to. going to. I feel like it's one of those things that I don't, you know, I know enough about both sports to judge them. Like if I'm God. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Subconsciously, that is what 99% of fans do. They judge them and they are the harshest judges of them, even if they're part of the team, if they are uh, avid supporters of their team, they're going to give them their just rewards for whatever they put onto the field or ice in this case. I mean, who knows best but the fans? Exactly. I mean, we can be coaches. We can be, we can lead the league. Oh, I, I coach mean, every single game that I watch from my couch. <laughs> I do, and I tell them, hey, that was a mistake. Oh, see, you know, I knew that was a mistake. You know, and they never listen. They never that that is that is what we are trying to change here. Hopefully, we can reach these coaches through this new platform, and we can change lives. I we hope can so. change <laughs> championships with this new kind of power. That well, maybe get some championships. Let's start with that first. Ah, <laughs> uh, now I'm sad. As an Arizona fan, been all my life, it is something very difficult to say because uh, throughout my life, I have seen one. Uh, mainstream professional championship, which was the 2001 Diamondbacks. Um, other than that, the only championships that have been brought to Arizona have been by lesser-known teams or teams that don't get the recognition they deserve, <gasps> like the Mercury, yes. like the Rattlers, multiple-time world champions. Absolutely. A lot of people don't even know what the Rattlers are. They don't. It's 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 sad, but you know what? We digress. So, all right. Speaking of digress, uh, you spoke a little bit about the Red Fury and the Rabbids. Why don't you tell the people that are new to listening to us? Well, obviously, everyone's new to listening to us. But uh, <laughs> people that don't know uh, from a soccer standpoint, because um, this is soccer and hockey, so we're clash of the worlds right here, trying to trying to get some new things started. So what is the Red Fury in your own words? Uh, Red Fury is a supporter group. It's a supporter group for the Phoenix Rising. What a supporter group is, is basically, it's a group of people that get together and are there game days that yell, chant, 
just show passion throughout the whole game. I mean, different to other sports, especially American sports, where we stop and go, stop and go, and we only cheer when the MC tells us to cheer. Um, in soccer, the supporters are chanting all game long. They're making noise all day. Basically, a 12th man of at home there to support the club and make the opposing teams kind of feel a little bit unnerved to play there, a little bit intimidated. So intimidation factor. Intimidation factor. I mean, like the best clubs do it. You're talking about uh, Borussia Dortmund has some of the best, Galatasaray. You know, some of the best supporters. Oh, God, that I've seen videos. That, that's that's definitely on my bucket list to go watch a game at that stadium. It's, it's amazing. They absolutely know? turn up. That is and, something and to... And you see those. I mean, you see the red flares. You see the huge TIFOs. You see the huge banners and flags and everything. It's intimidating to play in those stadiums. Oh, definitely. You know, another one, and you know, didn't want to disappoint you, but Liverpool has, you know... The stadium as well. They call it Anfield, and it's a it's a big supporters group there as well in the cop. And uh, I mean, they you just had to bring. Up I did. It's I did. just I had yeah, to. every conversation. Every... You know what you are? You are a Seahawks fan. Like into two minutes into meeting somebody who's a Seahawks fan, they have to tell you that they're a Seahawks fan. That is what Liverpool fans are turning into. We done there? Okay. So. Um, <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is supporters groups are there to support the team in every way possible. Um, and so we're trying to bring that culture into the Arizona Coyotes. Um, there is European clubs like in Sweden um, who do do this already and they have been successful. Um, it's not something that's been brought to the States or at least not in the fashion that we're going to be bringing it. We are a relatively new group in Arizona Rabbits. Uh, I'm not the spokesperson for them. I don't want to speak on behalf of the Rabbids in the sense of, like, I'm leading it or anything. Nothing like that. Mostly it's just me being a part of the conversation, listening to what's going on and what we're going to be doing in the future. I'm just a soldier in this, you know, Arizona Rabbids. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's already been kind of, we've already had a few pre-matches where we've, or pre-games that we've gone to where we've done this. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. We have a good group of guys out there. And, uh it's gonna be great all right and also uh it needs to be said huge shout out to sam who started out with the phoenix rising Absolutely. this year and now took a position with the arizona coyotes and within the first couple of weeks that he took that position you could feel the culture change inside hitler river arena starting with this the az rabbits yeah i mean it's it's i do do big shout out to sam i mean He's been doing a lot. I, I saw him the last game I was there. We talked, um, mainly talking to Steve-O. Um, but we talked, and not the normal Steve-O. We, everyone knows. Uh, Stefan. Uh, but we call The him cool Steve-O. Steve-O. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cool Steve-O. Uh, the Arizona Steve-O. Let's just put it that there way. There you go. Um, but he uh, he was talking to us, and, you know, sweet guy. Really, really calm, collected. Uh, just kind of wants to bring the atmosphere that was at Phoenix Rising to the Arizona Coyotes and he's seeing kind of the atmosphere change and just kind of how everything is. Auntie Ronta mentioned us in one of the interviews when he won the when he was the first star of the game and uh, so it was really nice uh, to get some recognition and to have them know that we're there. Um, it's gonna be a bigger bang when we get there and Sam has been a big part of that, being able to clear certain things, being able to be communicative and everything. So it's good to know. It's good to have him here. 
All right, and then also the Red Fury is not the only supporter group for the uh, Phoenix Rising. Of course, there's also the Banditos. Absolutely. Huge shout out to the Banditos. Also, they always bring their A game. They always bring that uh, that passion, that 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 intimidation that you were talking about. Absolutely. They, they with with the drum line that they bring, with the chorus that they have, the people singing their hearts out for the entire ninety minutes that the game is going on. Absolutely. They absolutely bring it, and um, the best drummers in the league, by the way. Oh, definitely. Best drummers in the league. I mean, they they go all out all day, all game. They don't stop. I mean, the 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 banditos bring a passion that um, everyone should want to imitate uh, in the league. I mean, they're they're loud, they're they're aggressive, and they're passionate. And and I mean aggressive in the best ways. And I'm and you know and it's one of those things that um, we all every supporter group should be at that level. No, definitely, definitely. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get also uh, Banditos come through here, see, give us their point of view on matches, give us their point of view on what they're seeing. Because uh, we also see a lot of overlap. We have, we see Red Fury, Banditos, part of this AC Rabbits group. So now we're, we're, we're seeing this overlap over these three groups. And um, that's something good to see because they're all towards one goal, which is supporting Arizona's teams. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things I feel like, um, you know, Banditos and Red Fury, they're they're the things they are. Uh and, you know, they're both supporters group. I think it's it's great that we're together in the sense of being at the games together, chanting and cheering for the squad and letting the team know that we're there. Um, I think the Arizona Rabbits we went in, I don't know what direction they went into, but I think they went in a direction of just kind of trying to start a group. And it just so happened that there were some Red Fury people that are Kyle's fans and there's a lot of banditos that are Kyle fans and so that we just kind of it wasn't that we just started it was just more like it just happened for me that's kind of how I got into someone told me about it or I showed up at the game the Phoenix Rising Kyle's game uh Kyle's night uh, Phoenix Rising night at the Coyotes game yes and that's kind of when I found out about it and you know they talked and I so I decided to you know be a part of it so I don't know how many other Red Fury people there is, but I know that there's a little bit of both, more Benditos, and, you know, it's good. It's it's just a good atmosphere. It's going to be good passion as well for the club or for the team, and it's going to be, be something we're going to look forward to. Definitely, and then also... Uh you said that there were already a lot of banditos that were Coyotes fans. That's how, kind of how it started. What I also noticed last time I was there with Arizona Deportiva, talking to some of the people there from the AZ Rabbits, uh, some of them weren't uh, fans of the Coyotes at all or even hockey. But because they were part of the banditos and they knew that the culture was changing in the in the hockey's arena to something that they were familiar with, they decided to give hockey a try. And by doing that, the Coyotes have gained new fans just on this movement alone. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's one of those things, too. You know, Arizona is unfortunate in the fact that we're uh, a state where a lot of people retire from different states in the, in the country. And so what tends to happen is that the home games tend to be more of away games in certain levels. Um, Diamondbacks definitely feel that a lot. That is with, the worst thing it, it, ever. The Diamondbacks <laughs> definitely feel that the most with, like, San Francisco, the Dodgers, 
Uh, I don't know how the Yankees do it, but do the not get me started on the Dodgers here. But because <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's the same thing for in hockey. You got a lot of Canadians that come over during the winter time, and that's when hockey season is. So then you have all these people that are coming in, and it kind of sometimes feels like it's more of an away game. And I think that with having these new people coming in, new to learn about the game, learn about what's going to happen with the with the rabbits and learn about hockey i think it's a good start to bring a lot more native people from arizona into hockey and get them interested i mean that's just me speaking like i said i don't speak for the rabbits i speak mostly for myself and what i see but um i think uh, the rabbits would be good for those people who want to show the passion obviously you know from what i've been told uh being a part of this group it's earned not uh given so you have to earn your your spot there you have to basically show them that you're passionate show them that you're willing to be participate and, and be a part of it you can't just show up and say hello and think you're part of the rabbits so it's one of those things that i really like that motto and it, it, and i i agree with it so it's good to go yeah definitely got to earn your keep to something like that exactly you can't just be walking in and and things like that well uh right now speaking of uh those dirty Dodger fans. Uh, I'd like to also give a shout out to our other co-host that is not joining us tonight, but will be joining us. Uh, Kenny Mitchell will also be on this podcast, and um, he's also uh, one of the ones that really got the ball rolling on this new project. Um, huge Arizona Coyotes fan. He's got a lot of insight, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of sources also for 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 the Coyotes. Absolutely. Yeah, for breaking news going in, and so huge shout out to Kenny. We look forward to seeing you uh, here on future shows. Uh, he had also. Um, Family matters to attend to. He's also he. Well, let's face it. He's got more responsibility than you and I will ever know. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's an actual responsible family man. So uh, coming over here, babysitting these two guys, drinking beers, probably not on his top priority on a Sunday afternoon. Today, yeah. I mean, it, he he's great. I, I love the guy. He's also you know he's been he's made a big turnaround when it comes to uh, soccer. Obviously, me being a uh, a roommate of his, it was it was a good kind of change of pace for him to to learn about. Uh, soccer more and more and especially having a local team like the Phoenix Rising he ended up really enjoying watching the games and listening and kind of paying attention uh, and he, like I said he, he has his sources through through hockey and he loves hockey and I mean he can probably name you everybody in every roster and every fucking team you know but it's one of those things that with soccer he wasn't well versed but he's learning and he loves the sport he understands it and he thinks it's just incredible what we're doing here in phoenix so when he got the ball rolling on this it was just really nice to to have someone who's very well versed in hockey and then have people like you and me that are really well versed in soccer but we've also been introduced and we've been kind of learning how to do the hockey thing just like he's been learning how to do the soccer thing so I agree 100%. So you know what? I'm going to take this uh, opportunity to go ahead and take us to our first break of the night. And uh, when we come back, we're going to head right in, talk about the Arizona Coyotes, what they've been doing lately, and what we can expect of them coming into this uh, final stretch of the season. We We will be right back. And welcome back right now to Sticks and Kicks. Once again, coming uh, to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. 
And uh, I'd like to give a quick shout out also to our uh, sponsor. This first program is brought to you by Maya's Pizzas Bar and Grill located in Mesa right off of uh, Mesa Drive and what are you talking to me for? Brown. I am working here. <laughs> this is the reason that this podcast is being made and you are throwing stuff at me right now. We'll roll with it. All right. Well, yes, Maya's Pizza's Bar and Grill right off of uh, Mesa and Brown in uh, Mesa, Arizona. And let me tell you, they have a pizza challenge there that is the best pizza challenge that I've ever seen. Uh, We're currently in training, hard at work, uh, ready to take on that challenge. But uh, a gigantic pizza, uh, I believe it was 50 inches, was it? 50, I think. I think it was 50 inch diameter of the pizza and there's two people two people one hour to eat it all it's possible i mean it hasn't been done yet but you know what like i I said we are hard at work training we are going to take on that challenge and we will come to you live with that challenge later on i just think that is there like there's 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 as long as there's like a a good amount of like right combinations of meats in there i think it's gonna be good so anyways uh, let's continue on today. We're going to go with the scores over the week for the Arizona Coyotes today. So, on Monday, uh, they played the Islanders. And they ended up taking a W. Uh, two you to were one. at that game. I was at that game. 2-1. Uh, to one. It was a great game. Good atmosphere for a Monday game. A lot of people. Monday game. So, it was... It was kind of interesting to see a lot of people that day. Well, uh, one of the one of the reasons that it was a it was such an early game, but it was also President's Day, so a lot of people had the day off. A lot of people were able to head out to the arena right there, and and I think that that the President's Day did help. Um, it was a good atmosphere, and a lot of home fans, so I was very excited about that. Um, the next game, which was on Wednesday, uh, the Arizona Coyotes played against the Dallas Stars, and uh, we ended up losing that game. Unfortunately, uh, and we'll talk about it in a little bit why it was an unfortunate event. <laughs> and then Thursday, the next day on the road, we held back on the champions. Uh, we held them to one. Uh, we ended up losing, but we did only let them score one goal. Um, so that was good, but at the same time, we needed a W. We didn't need a loss. And uh, the last game was this Saturday. And it was against the Lightning, and who have been went the off. best team in the league today, uh, right now. They're on fire, and the Coyotes took them down four pegs. I'm talking, we were just not letting them do it. I mean, they did score, but on top of them scoring, we also let them know that we can score as well. It was a 3-7 to seven game for the Coyotes. Uh, fantastic game. Hope. Fully, everybody watched that game. It was tremendous game. Um, so we'll leave it at that. The next game that's going to be coming up is against the Carolina Panthers. No, I'm lying. The Florida Panthers. You said Carolina <laughs> Panthers. The Florida you had Panthers. To bring that in here. You also. know what? I, to be fair, I you know I forgot it's a hurricane, but uh, the Florida Panthers against the Coyotes um, on Tuesday. That's going to be a good match. You know, the Panthers have been doing really well against this season as well. But And also, for those of you that don't know, uh, Lucio is a very avid fan of the Carolina Panthers in the NFL <laughs> and has been suffering greatly in this offseason just seeing his, uh, you know what? his team get that. taken 
piece by piece. We're not going to talk about that, all right? <laughs> I cried when Luke Keekley retired, but, you know, it was just me. All right, so Wanna let's talk actually, about Greg Olson. Let's actually go <laughs> back to... All right, yeah, let's start with the Islanders game. Now, uh, an early start to that Monday, obviously, a lot of people days off. A lot of lucky people days off. I was hard at work when all these, <laughs> just getting these uh, notifications to my phone. So, yeah, glad all you... Uh, you know what? It pays... Bank holiday people. It pays to have a career. <laughs> but anyways, um, that game was uh, very, very good in terms of the Coyotes. The Coyotes are have, on paper, a very good team. On paper, we have a very productive team. And, uh, I mean, the stats even show. I mean, 32 shots on goal. 63% on face-off winnings. Um, obviously, the power play, we did not score that game. We had two power plays. Penalty minutes, we've been on the low. Six minutes this game. Uh, we're not doing too great on hits. I mean, I think we're not a very physical team, but... We well, the Coyotes, win. that's what they've been needing help with they for have. a long time. They, they just... for, for, for I've, I've thought for a long time, they just need a bruiser. They just need someone to go so in there. we have someone, but he's on the fourth line. So, it takes time for him and it's uh labushkin labushkin good strong bruiser there's actually there was some uh some talk some rumors running around that we were front runners for a zach bogoshin bogoshin and, and uh that fell he, through right that fell through obviously uh if you guys haven't heard it fell through and tampa bay took them this afternoon or this morning sometime this t- today well, yeah, um, after they took a beating, they said. <laughs> and rightly slow, especially from us, I guess. But in any terms, I mean, that game was a good game. It was uh, everything that we expect from hockey and everything we expect from the Coyotes. Good passing, good uh, penalty killing. I mean, the other team had three penalty, uh, three power plays and all of them were killed and actually really well too i mean they played fantastic but now here's the thing though the the penalty thing is a two-sided come for the coyotes because on one hand they are a very good penalty killing team yes but they can't score on penalties it's it's true on power plays on power plays yes on power plays they have struggled i mean for years this season they've done better than most seasons than other seasons but they do struggle. Uh, Kenny would say it's the coach, uh, not Tockett, but the power play coach or whoever it is. Um, Kenny will have more info probably next time he comes in. He'll definitely talk about that. He is very avid and very passionate about that part of the game, especially because it is a very important part because, as everybody knows, Coyotes, we do get a lot of penalties. We draw a lot of penalties, but we do not do very well on penalties. It is frustrating to see fake shots all the time. It is one of those things that bothers the crap out of me. And that day was no different. No shooting at the keeper whatsoever. And yes, I called him keeper. That's soccer talk. I know He's a keeper. That's it. Like, yeah, you're I never going to change our, our language look, like that. He's just going to be a keeper. For Kenny him. calls a goalie. He's just used to goalie. And I'm fine with that. But the thing is, I've called a keeper for the majority of my life. So I'm used to keeper. So I'm going to say keeper. So if, if you are avid hockey fans out there, it's keeper. I'm sorry. What is it? A goal minder? What are they? 
a goaltender. No, but they. I think I've also heard a like, goal minder. Yeah, something like m- that. Minder, like a goal minder. Like, like he minds the goal. The goal. Like <laughs> no, like that, that's that's. I've heard that before. Like I don't. I don't know if it's official. I don't know if the person I hear it from is actually like I knows know. anything about hockey. But I have heard that, uh, and I think I've actually read it also on on like actual hockey articles too. So I I'm not surprised. too. I'm I mean, not too much into the linguistics of hockey. I mean, hockey has a lot of different things. I mean, like they when you have a. Full set of hair like myself. They say you have a head of lettuce. I mean, there's lots of different lingo for for hockey, but one of those things they do call the goalies or goaltenders or whatever they call them, goalminders. Um, I don't know where it comes from, but I know they do call it that. But you know, I'm gonna refer to you now as that just a head of lettuce. I, That's what you. <laughs> <laughs> you are now a head of lettuce. All right. Well. <laughs> Well, I mean, that game was a good game. We ended up taking the W on that. Um, they, the Islanders did play well. I mean, even though we did have uh, mostly control of that game, we did really well. Um, I think I think the Coyotes had a good start to play to run this game out. Um, and continue. The Coyotes had every advantage yes. because they had it at home and an early game. So I think it was like a 12 o'clock puck drop. So... Uh, with New York being three hours ahead of us, so it was like for them waking up and having to play hockey at 9 a.m. for them, like what their bodies are accustomed to. So I don't know about you, like being able to wake up on a Monday, being able to play 100% at your full capacity at 9 a.m. That's what the Islanders had to do. And uh, so I think the kids had every single advantage given to them in this game, and they took advantage of it. They did, and it was a good, good advantage. Uh, uh, now, take us to this uh, game against Dallas Stars. Why could we not beat the Dallas Stars? Please explain that to me. <sighs> the Dallas Stars, I mean, boy, it's it's just, we were coming off of good momentum, which I don't understand why it was that we ended up losing that game. I mean, we had every, it was every, we had every chance to win that game. And we just didn't. We didn't take advantage of it. We we actually did really good that game in terms of stats. In terms of stats, that game we did fantastic in. I'm talking... Well, I mean, stats are good for, like, end-of-year awards. Stats are good <laughs> for, like, trying to make the all-star team. That's it's what also, stats it's also are good one of those for. Things, it's one of those things. It just The puck just did not fall and did not do what it want, we, we wanted it to do. I mean, we have 41 shots on goal. I mean, to their 33. We won a lot more face-offs that game. I mean, the thing that they beat us in is that they did score on their power plays. Both of them that had they scored. So I mean, they they did they did what they're supposed to do on power plays. And being a good penalty killer team, we just didn't do good, right? So I mean, at the end of the day, we just needed to play a little bit harder in the third period. They scored every period we played. So they scored in the first, they scored in the second, they scored in the third. One each. We came back in the second, we tied it. And in the third, it's like we just kind of fell off that day. Uh, which is frustrating because as as everyone knows, the third period is kind of where you have to control the game. If you don't control the game on that, it's just kind of, kind of just go off. You know what I mean? Like if you're not in control of the third period... Whether you're winning, whether you're losing, you have to control that period to determine the outcome of the game. 
All right, now I also have to ask, how much of this is that, uh, once again, it was Aiden Hill in goal. Um, we've been, early in the season, obviously, the Coyotes had a huge luxury of having two starter quality NHL keepers in net. And for some reason, be an injury, be it, uh, them not being available, Aiden Hill has had a lot of workload over the past couple of months. So... Being that Darcy Kemper is injured, who is our starting goalie, by the way, he is our number one injured. He should be coming back soon. Thank goodness. This week, right? Uh, they say against the Panthers game on Tuesday. So hopefully, you know, prayers to him that he comes back healthy and strong. And that's nothing against Auntie Ranta. Love Auntie Ranta. But I feel like what ended up happening when we got Auntie Ranta, he got hurt very quickly. And we had to use our backup right away, Darcy Kemper. And Darcy Kemper started getting more and more playing time. And the more playing time he got, he became better over time because Auntie Ronto was hurt for a while. Now, Aiden Hill is a great substitute for maybe a game or two. But the fact but not this continuous not playing a continuous time that he's playing had. time. And nothing against against Hill. He's a great keeper, but I feel like he he's still not at the level of the NHL. That's why he's still at the NHL. Now, he's good enough, like I said, to play maybe one or two games where he will be a decent, uh, a good sub for the club, for the team. So a number two. A, a number two, yeah. He'd be a good number two. But the fact that we have two starting goalies, two starting keepers, and... They're both hurt for long periods of time. It tends to put a lot of responsibility on Hill. Hill's not a bad keeper by by any means. But he's not elite. But he's not elite. And both Auntie Ranta and Darcy Kemper are more elite in that sense. So I think that Aiden Hill, as much as we don't want to blame it on him or say it's his fault, because it's not, um, he's not as experienced as the other two keepers and he probably let a couple that shouldn't have gone in uh some of them obviously are not going to be on him there's faults for everyone uh screen uh screens and everything so that all takes place and uh i feel like sometimes that's what happens it's the way the cookie crumbles as they say well there's uh, another two points that should have been the coyotes did not go their way uh, and then uh they had to deal with the NHL champion, St. Louis Blues. Yes, so that game was a little bit more... A little bit more hard fought. I feel like they came in that loss from Dallas, and I think that they didn't want to... They didn't want to lose it. They played very well. They just played strong. I mean, like, again, the numbers say differently. I mean, we played strong, but that game was like our players were tired. Or something they didn't show up shooting wise. If you, I'll tell you the numbers, which is embarrassing. Let's go to the numbers to say in stats. Break them down. Fourteen shots on goal the whole game. The first period, right? No, no, no. The whole game. No. Fourteen. Yes. Fourteen no. shots on goal. No, no. That's the whole game. No, you're you're talking about like warm ups or like. No, no, no. The whole game, they had forty six shots on goal. That's three times more than what we had. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so now you're going... 
the only thing we beat him on was literally the only thing. The only two things, I guess you could say. Face-offs and giveaways. That's the only thing we, we beat him on. We gave the puck less away and we won more face-offs. But other than that, they just took over. I mean, the Ryan O'Reilly was the only one that scored. And he scored in the third period. The last period. 12 minutes in. Yeah, it's definitely one that where the uh, Coyotes' offense really didn't take off. But something that you really got to take your head off is to Auntie Ranta, who did play this game. Yes. 45 saves. It. Yes, and that's that's the thing that I'm saying. Auntie Ranta is elite goalie. It would have been different if Darcy, if uh, not Darcy Kemper, Hill was on there. I feel like Hill going from because he played the last game, right? The, the Dallas. Yeah, he played the Dallas if game. If he would have gone in that game. I feel like there would have been more, especially with the shots on goals. Because Ancharanta made some amazing saves that game. Now, I got to say, as a keeper myself, obviously soccer, but I'm pretty sure it translates. The frustration translates when you're having a game. And that's what Ancharanta had here. He had a game. Yes. 45 saves out of the 46. Only one shot went in. And, of course, that was on the third period. But you're over there having the game of your life. And your offense just does not back you up at all. It does not do anything to put it in the net. And you're seeing the frustrations. And you gave us the stat. 14 shots. The entire game. The entire game. So yeah. you're seeing the entire game being played on your own half of the ice. You're you're on your heels for the entire game. Without that backup. And of course, you take the loss. You as a goalie are responsible. Because of course, why not? You're the one that let the shot in. Not the 45 times that I saved one. No, it's the one that went in who was in the, the problem. In the last period, too. So it's like one of those things that the whole game, he gave the opportunity for our for the Coyotes to score yeah. and, and be productive. But the fact is they weren't productive that game on offense. Not shooting the puck. You know, Wayne Gretzky said it the, the best. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Which, that was a Michael Scott quote. I saw that. <laughs> but the, the point being is if you don't shoot, you don't know if you're going to score. Exactly. So you need to shoot. Whether whether you are have the best position, whether you're in a possible good position, you still have to shoot the puck. Just put it on the net. If you don't shoot the puck, there's no opportunity for you to score. Exactly. And, and it's frustrating because I feel like the Coyotes have been plagued with this for some time. But the thing is, it's like they're... They're fire and ice. Some days they, they, they do fantastic. Other days they do not as great. And it shows. Let's go to the next game. Oh, of course. Like just the way you said right now. A game against St. Louis. They did not show up. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't, uh, they already beat St. Louis once this year, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, they were capable of doing it, obviously. Yes. And, it, well, when they show up. When they show up for more than a period. Which is so what they did. So this is what happened. They did a period of hockey. 14 shots, that is a period of hockey. That this, is all they Exactly. Did. That's a period of hockey. This is what happens when you show up. When you show up, 41 shots on goal. Obviously, seven of those went in. Because it was a 7-3 game. We had percentage on field uh, face-offs with 54. We won. We made two goals on power play. Not bad. Out of the five, take it. That's 40%. But I'll take it at this point. You know... We didn't. We barely had any penalties. We had one penalty that game, one, which is great because we're not leading in, in penalties. Like we have really low numbers in penalties. Um, we blocked a few and we gave it away less. I mean, 
some of these players, I mean, Connor Garland with the goal in the first period to tie it up. And, uh, Clayton, two overall. Yes, Clayton Keller with the goal, you know, at the end of the first. Um, then you the next the next period you have uh, Sodenberg. Big Carl Sodenberg. Carl Sodenberg, you know, number 15 of the season goal. Uh, he scored in the beginning, making it 3-1, kind of putting them on their toes. But then I feel like in the second period, we did give up a few. I think we, we ended up just kind of letting our guard down a little bit because we were up so far, you know, two goals, which is always the curse. I feel like you know the curse in soccer. You well, in soccer, they say the 2-0 two, two is the worst. Uh, a two-goal a two goal lead is the worst to be going into that. Yeah. And so, you know, Brad Richardson made it uh, uh, for three because they didn't end up, you know, sealing the deal and ca- catching up. But then, you know, you have the third period, which was all Coyotes. The Coyotes dominated third period. The o- We scored three goals. Clayton Keller got his second of the game. Connor Garland got his second of the game. And Derek Stepan with the beauty, I might ask, but from the pass... The assist from Connor Garland and the assist from Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller gets that puck loose, gets it to Connor. Connor with the beautiful fake shot pass. Step on one time. Yeah, Keller uh, three points on the on the game, right? Three for points Keller. on the game. I think Connor had two or four th- points. Oh, he had four points. Yes, because he yeah, had the two goals, assists. the two assists, the beautiful assist to uh, Richardson. I think it was it was Richardson or Sonnenberg, if I don't rem- if I recall correctly. And then the the pass to uh, Derek Stepan. So, so of course, a lot, a lot of contribution from a lot of people on the team. But this is what happens when you come to play. You you can take out the best. And the thing is, we've shown that, that we can take out all the right, best. One, all right, one question I have for you then. When is Phil Kessel going to come to play? Okay. We've had this debate. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you what. Phil Kessel, as much as you do want to hate on him. No, I, I don't want to. I do hate on him. Okay. There, there just is. You want to hate on him, right? I right? feel like you want to educate me. I'm going to educate you. All right, right. I feel like you All right, let's do this. Educate me. All right. He has 35 points this season, right? Phil Kessel. He has 35 assists. He has 13 goals. Take it. He is a 50-plus player before he came to the Coyotes. You said he had 35 points he has 35 and points. 35 assists? How does that no, no. work? 35 points, 22 assists. There you go. Sorry. 22 assists, 13 goals. He's, he has scored not as much as we want him to, but he has scored. He has put it behind the net. I feel like we, we judge him. And don't get me wrong, I judge him too. There's, time, there's games where he is very lazy. Where you feel like he's just not putting in the effort. But Stats don't lie. You know, he's he's been at every game. He's at 35 points. The next one, Devo, 38 points. 20 assists, 18 goals. Next one, Connor Garland, 39. And this is the this is the interesting part. He has 39 he has 39 points. 22 of those are goals. He's leading the team. Leading the team in goals, yeah. In goals. 17 assists. Fantastic. Clayton Keller, who's also been looking a lot real lazy um, towards the last few weeks. He came to play, apparently, against the Lightning. Um, but he has 40 points, 25 assists, 15 goals. And then the point leader 
of the team is Nick Schmaltz. That can't be right. Nick Schmaltz has eight goals, 34 assists. He's leading... He has 34 assists? 34 assists. It, he's a fantastic player. No, he is. I just I didn't know the assists were that he's high. A, he's a first-line player playing the second line, in my opinion. In well, my that just opinion, blew my mind. But the thing is, Devo is not a slacker either. You know, Christian Dvorak is, you know, 38 points. He's fourth in line. He's fourth in line, 38 points. And, you know, Nick Schmaltz is the person carrying the second line. Right now, because the person, the, 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 you know, Carl Sardenberg after Phil Kessel, Alex Galagoski, Derek Stepan, which is the third, um, the third line center. He's, you know, he has 27 points. You know, I mean, it's just kind of, for me, there's some players on here. Taylor Hall should be running up there. He's been he played thirty games uh, so far, and he has twenty five points. If he would have been play- if he's twenty five points in thirty, I mean, games- he's getting there. Like he, he he like you can see that he's a threat. You can see he shows up. Absolutely. Here's my argument against Phil Kessel. Other teams, I, they don't see him as a threat. I wouldn't see him as a threat. He's a, he's a producer, which. Every once in a while, you get in like a decent second liner would, but for what he was brought in to do. But I also think that's the problem. I think that we uh, we came into the idea of that Phil Kessel was going to be the saving the the the, the white knight. No, no, no. We came in with the idea that Phil Kessel was going to be what he's been his whole career. Okay, like I I get that he's getting older, but the drop off. From last year, this year is a lot. From what it should like, it would be one thing if he was gradually declining year by year, and you can see this going down. From what he did last year to what he's doing now, it is shocking. It is not what is up to standards for what someone like what we thought we were gonna get. You, you know, it's just one of those things that I always try to tell people is like it's not so much. That, I don't. See, I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm defending Phil Kessel by any means. Like, in, in the sense of, like, he hasn't produced what he should have been producing. But um, it, it's also one of those things that you have people on the team. Like, for example, I mean, let's see. You have Malkin, Russ, Sidney Crosby. Uh, McCann, you have some great players on this team that it's hard, you know, put it this way. McCawkin has 62 points. 62 points. And he's only played 47 games. 47 games he's only played. That's elite. Is an elite player. Sidney Crosby has 41, literally one point behind our lead point getter. 41 points. And he's only played 33 games. Yeah, that's also elite. That's elite production. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm telling you. This is what I'm trying to, this is what I'm trying to get at. Is that Phil Kessel is playing a team like this. 
that's producing these kinds of points, these kinds of goals, these kinds of wins, this, this kind of production. So he was not the go-to guy. He was not pressured to be the the go-to guy, to be the great on the team. He wasn't pressured to be the guy to bring a, bring them out of turmoil. But when he came to Arizona, this is my thought. When he came to Arizona, they put all this pressure. Oh, Phil, you're great. Oh, Phil, this. Oh, Phil, this. Kessel, this. Kessel, that. And then he comes in and he's not producing because he's so used to being that guy that, like you the said. The second or the third guy. This, like you said, though, that nobody threats. That yep. no, everyone's like, oh. And then he's not producing because he's not he's not playing. And, you know, no offense to the, to the Coyotes, but compared to them, you have... You have five, six guys on the team that are over. Hold on. Over thirty points. A lot of these guys haven't even been playing the whole game. A lot of them have been injured. They haven't been playing, and some of them have more points, more contribution to the team than the Coyotes have, and that's what's frustrating. Is that? Where our guys have been healthy the majority of the season, we're not bringing up numbers. 62 points in 47 games. 21 goals. One short of Garland. 41 assists. Like, I think, what was, uh, what was his? That's like, that's like eight, that's like seven assists more than our leading assist getter. It just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so pretty much, he came from being number two, number three guy. Yeah. And that's, and that's, now he's still number two, number three guy, maybe even number four, five, I, in the, Arizona, in these two different markets. And I think it's also, you know, and, and Kenny will probably agree with me with this, it's Tockett's fault. Tockett is good friends with him. For, to keep playing him. No, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely one of and the problems. He, you know, he has this Iron Man thing where he's been playing for like so many games, and I get that. I get that he's been you know playing for so many games. He hasn't got injured, but playing the way you're play, he's playing, I understand why he doesn't get injured. You know, yeah, he plays it safe. And but the thing is, he plays it safe. He played it safe with the team in Pittsburgh that could play it safe and still score because you had a good talent on top moving the puck and you just put yourself in a position to score where at this one he has to be the one to produce or he has to be the one to make the plays. All right, so overall, can we agree on this? He was the wrong guy to get for no, this team. Absolutely not. I think that Kessel brings a experience and a knowledge even though he is You know what? That's going to be helpful in the playoffs, yes. but if he's playing this way right now, okay. how are we going to get to the playoffs? But it doesn't matter because he He's look at where Connor Garland is as a wing as a as a wing, and then you bring in, you're able to bring someone like Hall because he sees potential in the team. And if you don't have Kessel, it it doesn't bring Kessel's a superstar name. It's a household name. You know who Kessel is. Well, yeah, but that's a lot of good that's doing us. But it's doing us. It got us Taylor Hall. It's it, it almost got us. And this is where I was going to earlier when we were talking about Tampa. When we were talking about uh, uh the Maple Leafs or Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, that they got uh, that they signed um, they signed uh, Zach Bogushin, who was a defender that we could have used. We were front runners for. 
But this it's a, it's a thing. It's, but, but what good is getting Taylor Hall if we don't make the playoffs this year? He's not coming back if we don't make the playoffs. He still has the potential of coming back. But okay, he might not. The, not, the, the way his the way his contract if, is. If we make the playoffs, it's his we, choice. We have to Number pass one. the first round of playoffs for him to get to like be more willing to sign. Oh, there you go. But like, first of all, it's getting to the playoffs, which it right is, now we're not. I so mean, like, look let's look at the, the standings right now. Let's look at the standings, because. Uh, Honestly, the Coyotes still have a chance. We're in the wild card. We're the number one in wild card right now, but we're only a game, we're only one point down. But they from can't Winnipeg. keep dropping points to we teams can't keep that they points. have to Absolutely. beat. Absolutely, absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. We can't keep dropping points. I mean, if you look at the conference for you know what's going on, we're not. I think we're like in sixth or seventh, which is terrible. It's terrible. Um, yeah, we're in seventh right now. In the standings, um, in the Western Conference, Edmonton's ahead of us by one point. Vancouver's ahead. The fucking Vegas Knights. God damn it! I fucking hate them. They started good, then they went all the way to the bottom. Now they shot right back yeah. to the top, and like they just can't decide. Right now, they're a great team. They're they're fucking like fire and ice too. And we'll and we'll see. Like maybe they'll fall apart in the playoffs. Hopefully Who they knows? Do. I hope they do. <laughs> you know, but, maybe, maybe they won't make the playoffs. Maybe they can not. slip with this with this division. A team can go to f- from first to fifth real quick. The well, Coyotes have proved that. They have proved that. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you also got to look. You know, like, our highest, the, the St. Louis Blues, they're at 80 points right now. Right? You're looking at three, four teams above 80 points in the Eastern Conference. You're looking at Pittsburgh with 80, Washington with 82, Tampa with 85, and Boston with 90. And we have competed with these teams with the best. We've, we beat Lightning both times. We've played them so far. We beat the Capitals the other day. We've beat the Cap the, the Pittsburgh once. I think we lost both games to Boston if we played them both. I forgot if we played them both already. But we lost one game to Boston. And it was it was kind of close. I mean, like, it, it, I forgot. I, have to, I would have to go back and see what it was. It was a game like a couple weeks ago where they were over there and uh, it was Connor Garland's yeah. homecoming. It was very excited about him and I think that may have, I don't know if that went to his head or something, but whatever it might obviously. have been, it was one of those things where it was it's one of those things, we still have a chance. We have a chance. Uh, the the Right now, four points is what separates the Coyotes from fourth place to first place with the Golden Knights. Yes. Two games. But that means we have to win. So Kenny told me, I talked to Kenny earlier this week, and Kenny told me we have to, or earlier this week, but yesterday, he told me that we have to win at least 10 of our next 18 games. All right, well, you know what? Let's let's just take it week by week right here. Yes. This next week, we face the Panthers on Tuesday mm-hmm. and the uh, Sabres on Saturday. Okay. We need both of these games. We do. And the thing is, with the Panthers, it, that's the harder of the two. I think with the Sabres, we're more likely to win that game. Um, but obviously, a team that just comes to beating 7-3, the best team in the league, should be up to the challenge. And they need to be up to the challenge. We have to stop thinking that, oh, we can win this game maybe easier than the other game. No. If... If we're trying to be a playoff team, it's because the team is going to be a winner. And what's the point of making it in the playoffs if you're not going to do any damage? You have to come in with full confidence. Yes. So you have to say that, yes, 
these Coyotes can beat the Panthers and the Sabres in this next week. They're both at home. Yeah, we It's should. not a lot to ask for a team to win a two-game homestand right here coming up. It, it's not, and we should definitely be winning. I mean, we like I said, we have momentum right now. We just beat the Lightning, one of the top teams in yeah, the East. Got to capitalize. I mean, we've we we got to pay. We have to understand that we've beat we've beaten the Capitals, another top team in the league. I mean, it's one of those things that you know we 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 have to take advantage of these opportunities that we're having. I mean, the tough yes. game is going to be against Vancouver on Wednesday. You know, that's going to be a tough game, March fourth. Yeah, but then that's that's the next week after that. We're like, we're taking it week by week. Right? If we're taking it week by week, yes, these, these next, next two, two games, games, Tuesday and Saturday, which it does gives uh, give us breaks. I mean, like yes, we, definitely. We, we have we have what we have. We played on Saturday, so we Tuesday, have Tuesday. Then we got four days off. We have three days off. Two days off. We have Sunday off. We have Monday off, and then we're no. Going I'm to... talking about between the Panthers game, and the Sabres. Oh yeah, game. we have four days off before. So we should definitely be recovered enough to well play rested, for and even after that. You know, and I know Kemper should be coming back. Yeah, um, he should be back on uh, the Florida game. Uh, but you know, we play, in, and I know you said you don't take week by week. But even after the Buffalo game, yeah, we have four days off again. We play on Wednesday against the Vancouver Canucks. So we're in a good position. We are, and and the thing is, I feel like we need to play hard, play smart. Play like we've been playing the last. Play like we played the last game. Be creative. Find find openings. Move. Connor Garland is the perfect example of moving around, being tenacious, open. You know, working for the puck. Exactly. So I mean, I feel like we need to do that more. Playing Keller showed up the other day. I hope he shows up again on Tuesday. Yeah, just show up and stay. I mean. We, we, we send an invitation exactly. to Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> we right. could use that. Well, we'll see what what the Coyotes could do this uh, over these next two games. Hopefully, we'll come out with these four points, and uh, hopefully, the Vegas Knights will fall apart like they so famously do in the tough moments. <laughs> Hope so, right? And uh, we'll see what happens over these uh, over this next week. Uh, we're gonna take our. Uh, Real quick break once again, and uh, let us remind you that this uh, first episode of Sticks and Kicks is brought to you by Maya's Bar and Grill, and you can locate that at 223 East Brown Road in Mesa, Arizona. And if you haven't tried the Calzone, they have the best Calzone in the state. So I definitely recommend it. I can attest. All right, so we'll be right back with Sticks and Kicks. Can I just say that this theme song just makes me feel like a pirate? And I absolutely love it. We're not pirates. We are definitely pirates, especially <laughs> on this show right here. Taking over this uh, Fuerte studio right here with all their equipment. But hey, why leave it unlocked if you don't want two lunatics completely taking over for their own greed and to spout out their unbiased, all right, well, a little bit biased opinion. Yeah, super biased, I guess you could say. Super why 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 not? Super biased opinion about our own sports you manifestos. Know, you know what though? Here. You know what? Super biased, but at the same time unbiased. Cause we can see clearly now. I weirdly followed that exactly. Because I knew exactly what you were talking about. It's one of those about. things, like we can be 
super like no the phoenix rising or the coyotes and blah blah blah. but at the same time we have perspective where we can see that obviously like earlier phil kessel we there's an issue so you're ready to admit that the cody's fucked up so as we continue (laughs) all uh, right well by the way welcome back to sticks and kicks uh (laughs) very first episode here talking about the uh arizona coyotes and now for the kicks portion of the show with the phoenix rising who just wrapped up their uh final official game of the preseason with the visit tucson sun cup uh i know they they i think they have a couple more games to go i think they uh, might have one more game for this yeah but that that's not that's not going to be either televised or anything that's no. just their own preseason kind of warm-up matches Something to go like to that. i don't remember but uh exactly yeah this uh this last one was the last official one for the cup the Entering the day, they had they still had a chance to win the cup. Uh, if Houston would have tied their game, but obviously with their win, Houston I believe was the one that took home the cup. Uh, Phoenix Rising stayed in second place. Not bad considering that all other teams there were MLS teams. Yeah, something but to be something to be proud of there. I mean, look, I don't want to be Debbie Downer or just kind of be like. Uh, that's exactly who you are. Well, you are. So, Damn my it. thing is, look, dude. I love the Phoenix Rising. Love the club. It's my club. It's home. But the problem is, for me, as much as we want to congratulate the team and be hyped about the team winning these last two games, because they won the last two games, I feel like, yes, we beat MLS teams, but did we beat their first team? Yeah, you you want to be realistic about it. You want to be you want to understand, yeah. and that's the thing. Like I I feel like preseason to me, I don't particularly care too much for preseason. I I'll watch it and, and I'll listen and, and all. But to me, preseason is just a warm up for the subs, warm up for the club to to the team to kind of get chemistry with some of the players that they're not used to playing, and then come season, come game time first match you're going to see what the starting lineup is potentially going to be for the majority of the season with some of the players that you're going to see is like okay who's going to who's going to take the winger spots is it going to be Flemings is it going to be Asante is it going to be more like who's going to take the top spots is the top spot is it going to be Dadashov I mean like is it going to be um that other kid that we just got who's the other guy that we put in the front and top there but um I I don't think we have a kid which one are you talking about? Because there's several that, that no, came for the, in. No, for, for the, like a number nine spot. Oh, oh, what is that kid's name? I know who you're talking about. Uh, we will find that kid's name out. But uh, uh, but speaking of number nines, Dadashov has shown his strength coming up. And he yep. has shown that he can win position. He can win uh, not only position, but keep possession also. Uh, distribute the ball. Amazing vision. Lagos. That's his name. Lagos. Yes. Lagos uh, Kunga. He's a he's a young guy. I I, I saw some of it and I'm very impressed. So for I mean for me he's he's a good backup. Yes, a he's good definitely backup. Good backup. He, Absolutely. Uh, uh, I wouldn't put him in the starting lineup. But still, definitely. what I'm saying is, how are you going to implement him into the the like? Because I mean, if you win your spot, you win your spot regardless if. Of who who's there, you know? Because even Asante said in his interview, you know, like we have to, they're playing for their spots, you know. Yeah, they have to earn it this time. Yeah, so I mean that's exactly what they came out to do this this preseason, trying to, all of them trying to win a starting spot. Yes, 
they they have other than uh, of course the trialists they all have a spot on the team there's mm. going to be plenty of football to go around uh in conju- conjunction not just with the usl but also the the open cup the open cup which i am assuming we're making it past the first round this year <laughs> i i, I will know. go absolutely ballistic if we, especially if we, if we don't to, who are we playing that game I would have to look that up. You know, actually, I'll leave that up to you. Go ahead and look that up. <laughs> see, see who we're gonna. I, be I don't even that. think they have that up yet. To uh, be yeah, but uh, so yeah, USL really needs to step it up. Come on, I, 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 hire I, an intern or something. Get your websites up. I mean, it's 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 the USL. I mean, like I I I want it to be bigger than what it is right now. But as far as you know, we oh, but it's great entertainment. Oh, uh, fantastic! USL is a better competition for MLS. Than the XFL is to, but you know what? I have to admit, I've been watching some of those XFL games, and it is pretty entertaining to watch. Just the mediocrity of football going out. Just guys going out there trying their best. All right, it's your shot, Colin Kaepernick. You know, go get it. You too, Johnny Football. <laughs> go make, oh, go dude. make your runs. Gonna be, gonna be the face of the franchise. Soon. Right, but uh, we no. should have gotten a team. I know we're going off on the tenure, but come on. I would have definitely supported it. I probably would have been more supportive of that right team there. than the Cardinals, to be fair. Uh, but no, let, let, you know, let's start off with the scores. I mean, All right, right. Uh, going to that uh, Columbus game. What happened to that Columbus game? I mean, the Columbus game was uh, it was a start. It was a start of playing the professional team. Unfortunately, we did lose. Uh, 1-0. It was, uh, it was a little bit... Off-putting, I would say, because we did play well, but um, we didn't put any shots on target. Uh, well, we did, but we didn't put enough to give ourselves more opportunity. Um, so, one zero on the Columbus game. Uh, with Sporting, we won 1-2. to uh, The first goal for more of the, I guess, his time here in Arizona. His, uh, his day... Not his debut, but his... Uh, Preseason debut, because the GCC game wasn't a... What do you call it? Like, his first goal, his... Uh, debut. Well, his debut on goal. We'll just call his it. His debut on goal, I guess. And then Kalishu with the beautiful, you know, chip over. Off the error of the keeper, because he passed it. I've which always no been a fan of Kalishu, because he just scores goals like that. As a that keep- is Kalishu's yes. game. But as a keeper, Danny, do you ever pass to the center? In the middle? I gotta, gotta say, you gotta have balls to do it. But, and uh, but yeah. no, you gotta have balls to do it. But is it especially how he was being pressured because he had oh, no, 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 yeah, him. like and I get what you're getting at, and yeah, no, that was complete mistake. Going going to the middle, you go when you're 100% sure textbook. that you can do it. Textbook, you should never do it. And when yeah. you do, if you try to be that guy who's daring enough to do it down the middle because you want to be, you know, the guy that's cool under pressure, the guy that can. Uh, help get your team out of a tight spot by finding the little window Lubin? and trying to. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, you know what? I'm not even gonna put that. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but if you decide to do it, it is 100% on you. One that goal is 100% on that on that keeper, and any goalie that tries to uh, get out through the ground down the middle, anything that happens after that is 100% on the goalie. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, Moore's goal actually was very beautiful too. It was a beautiful through pass. 
uh, open space. I mean, he comes in, he adjusts himself, he opens his body up, and bam. Finesse kick, top right that, corner. That was a FIFA cheat code goal that right there. That was a FIFA cheat code goal. I mean, it was one of those things, beautiful execution, beautiful target, hit the top of the, the crossbar, down and in, and... I mean, you couldn't ask for a better goal. That was beautiful. It was fantastic. Um, we're going to move on to Raw Salt Lake, uh, a team I absolutely despise, especially because they brought ringers Who last year. Who doesn't despise them? So, fuck <laughs> Raw Salt Lake. And the Monarchs as well, because you guys are the little pansies that they use. Well, I mean, we faced Raw Salt Lake in the same <laughs> way that the Monarchs faced us last year in the semifinal. True. Uh, Quote-unquote Monarchs. Quote-unquote. And uh, it was a 2-3 to three game with uh, Phoenix Rising obviously coming up on top because uh, fuck Raw Salt Lake, right? Uh, but it was questionable about the first goal with uh, the, mon- the Monarchs. I call them the Monarchs just because I feel like they're interchangeable. They they're, are. They definitely are. So, um, Ross Salt Lake, uh, it was a definitely looked like a handball. I agree with you. Yes, definitely. And I feel like it was just not called. I feel like the ref... And, and I feel like Phoenix teams... Or not Phoenix teams. At, at Phoenix Rising has always had some bad luck with refs. Especially against this team. Being that it's the Monarchs and Royal Salt Lake, whatever. Yeah. But against this team, they've always had... Shitty refing, which I was surprised that we actually won. Not surprised, but I was glad that we won. But it was shocking that we didn't get as much shit for it. But it was a blatant handball, wasn't called, and resulted in a goal. But, but other than that, I mean that that goal happened very early, very uh, early. minute eleven right there, and it was a uh, Kralak. I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right, and really, I really don't care. Don't care. So <laughs> you can take your Krelak, take Lex it or leave, leave it, and whatever. But uh, of course, open goal. All he had to do was aim for the net, which Absolutely. he did. Of course, uh, Joy Farrell did everything he could. He laid out on the ground, uh, tried to spread he put himself. himself in there. Just tried, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He, nothing he really he could have done. Nothing really any any anyone else could have done. Uh, one to zero for uh, Raul Salt Lake at that point. But even at that point. It was Phoenix Rising that was dominating the game. Absolutely. Dominating possession, dominating passes, dominating the attacking game. And you really couldn't tell that one team was MLS and one team was USL. And it's true. I mean, I feel like overall the players we have um, achieved, the players we have uh, received over the offseason, yes, we did let go some good players like uh, Dia. I'm a Miss Dia. Uh, I cried. You know, Mustafa. <laughs> Dumbuya, you uh, Dumbuya, mean? Dumbuya, Dumbuya, you're right, Dumbuya. Uh, we well, that's his first name, is yeah. Mustafa Dumbuya. Mustafa, yeah, Mustafa Dumbuya. Yeah, that's okay. Right. Um, I mean, we lost Mala. I mean, Mala wasn't such he's, a big loss, but we did lose Mala. He 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 wasn't as key as when as uh, the year before. Yes, but yeah. he was still a very solid backup. Absolutely, especially after I, I think Corey Wheeling just kind of played him out of that position. Uh, Corey Once Corey Wheeling, Wheeling yeah. got here, he was absolutely, like, Mala then, was done with the team. I mean, you got players like Jordan, and sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I really am. I really like this guy, uh, Jordan Schweitzer. 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 I don't know if it's Schweitzer or what. I don't, let's I go just, Schweitzer. Let's I go just, Schweitzer. I, I just call him Jordan, and you know what? Jordan, he is the future of this defense. Yes, um, um, I'm sorry, midfield. He his command of the midfield from the first game I saw him at in uh, uh, live there uh, in, on the field at uh, at GCU, 
as soon as he came on, he was the leader of that midfield. He, he was. was the one that was coordinating everyone, told everyone where to go, and was distributing the game the way a center midfielder is supposed to distribute. Question for you. Is he a, was he a good replacement for Musa? At at this point. At, at, it's a little bit tricky for me because I, I don't feel that's the, that's the same position. Well, he played the... He's playing... Jordan is playing more of a defensive midfielder position. Well, yeah, but even as a defensive midfielder, Musa, I feel like, played a little bit more back. Whereas Jordan is more... He's, he's higher up on the line. But if what you're asking me is I'm happy about the yes. replacement overall, yes. Yes, definitely. Nothing against Musa. I love Musa. Musa, what he did to this team. Absolutely. And uh, everything Musa. he contributed. He will never be forgotten here. But I do believe that this is an upgrade for Phoenix Rising and, with uh, Jordan. Just a quick you know, shout-out to James Musa. Uh, we love you here in Phoenix. If you ever decide to come back, definitely welcome. Uh, my goddaughter still... Has your jersey? She loves you for it. So uh, that and means welcome, and welcome here on the show, also. And welcome here in the so, show. Anytime you come back and want to say hello, you can say hello here. Beers on us. <laughs> I mean, uh, we did get some good, uh, good assistance for Jose and Bacero. I mean, you got a uh, Barbary, Barbary. No, no, hang on. Before we get to we get to, before we get to Barbary, Jose, he's so, just not been there in the preseason. I don't know what's going on with him. He's just not been the same trailblazer, not been the same. Like, I'm used to the guy that just breaks in the open field and just completely takes guys on with the speed. And he's just not been there. Look, to me, Jose, look, Jose, I love you, dude. I do. I really do. But I never thought Jose was fast. I never thought Jose was fast. He was technical. He can move the ball and he could. But I don't think he's always fast. Now, that being said. Jose was key during that 20 game run in the middle part of that 20 you know when we were like game 13 yeah around those times he was key especially because towards the end where Solomon was falling off and John was falling off we kind of needed somebody and he he was coming through he was coming in clutch I remember he he had scored one of his first goals in that 20 game run and which kind of gave him a little bit more confidence to push the ball. Obviously. Oh yeah, you know, during uh, during the middle of that run, he was at his most confident. Yes, and, uh, he definitely earned his spot on the games that he did play. Absolutely. Uh, there on on Arizona Deportiva, he's known as El Rayo Aguinaga, because uh, <laughs> obviously Rayo translates to uh, lightning bolt, which is what he was. He was everywhere on the field that you needed him to. I be. feel like he was everywhere, but I feel like he was, he's just not fast to me. Fleming's is fast. Asante. If you're is gonna fast. compare Fleming's speed to, I mean, to but anyone, I I know. But what I'm saying is, as a midfielder, he just isn't fast to me. Like he's not a he's not a midfielder that I threat running, because I feel like as soon as he starts running, the defensive midfielder or even the defenseman that's supposed to be guarding him will catch up to him like that. Just kind of. But what he had is that he was able to find the spaces yes. where he had open field. Absolutely. So that's what made him seem fast because it was hard to catch up to him. And I'm not taking that away from you. You're absolutely yeah. right. So, Aguinaga, great. Uh, you need to step up your game. This, if you're gonna, you can't show up like you've been showing up the last few games. Definitely. So just, as as of right now, he's a bench player. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, look who you brought. You brought Barbary. Barbary. Yes, now you, it's Barbary. Yes. If you saw the GCU game, that was one of the most fantastic goals I've seen from Phoenix Rising. He literally is waiting for the ball to come down with traffic around him and people pressuring as the ball is coming down. And at those times, it's one of those elite calls in your head where you're waiting for the ball to come down and you're you're seeing the players coming at you and you have to decide, do I wait that extra second for the ball to come down just right or do I go too early, sacrifice power and accuracy to get it a little bit early to potentially get a rebound or get close to the goalie or do I wait to get it at prime and score. Obviously, he, he got picked, it. He picked the ladder. He got it right. And he got it right. I was fantastic. Unfortunately, he did go down. I feel like I feel he pulled something. Uh yeah, like uh the way uh the way Rick uh Rick Chance described it is that he did have a little bit of a pull. He had a hard time walking off the field, but he did walk off okay. under his own power. And uh, I feel like they've been just saving him for the last couple of weeks. Just make sure that that's 100%. It doesn't look like he's going to be missing any time. Um, that's, of course, without reading any official medical records. But according to the way Rick talked about the injury, it looks like he's going to be good to go on March 7th. Okay. Now, you also got Stanton and you also got Contour. What are your thoughts? For... Uh, for either or. Has, has Stanton even shown up yet? I, I feel like... I, I don't think I've seen him. I would have like to. That, that's, that's one of the things I would have to have to look up. Because especially over the last couple of games, he's he's not been there. So uh, we might still be waiting on him. Whether or not... Let me... let me I'll, I'll check. But yes. Um, just like some of these guys. I don't remember exactly how they look like. But... Well, especially because they're new. <laughs> but just give it a couple of weeks. Oh, They're well, going to be hometown defender, heroes here. Right. And, uh, yeah. Conto, but, uh, he, especially in this last game against Raul Saleh, he did the job. But let me tell you this. Yes, Stanton has the right yet. Dia left us completely spoiled. Ugh, we had the best left back. I'm not going to say in the team. We had the le- best left back in North America. Look, I'm going to tell you this right now. Look, and, and to be perfectly honest, um, Dia, I love the guy. I do. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He was, he was a great left back in the sense that he pushed forward, giving the midfield that relief that they could move into the center and gave the left winger the the, the help and, and, and kind of like, you know, the assistance to send the ball in. I mean, we had John. Now we have Dadashov. But unfortunately for me, I I hate our backup. I Look, I personally do not like Ledbetter. I'm sorry. I just, Ledbetter, if you're out there, dude, I'm sorry. Honestly, I just don't. He, he is. I, you're subpar. Subpar strong, and I don't but even know accurate. He, I, don't, <laughs> I think I don't even know if he plays left back, but I think he plays right back. He's playing right back right now. And, and to yeah, be fair, he, you're so far. The, well, the other you know guy. Yeah, yeah. Before, before you go on, let me just say that the same way that Dia spoiled us on left back, 
Dumbuya spoiled us on right back. Yeah. Because yeah, absolutely. he was super fast, super strong, oh, yeah. and had an amazing stamina to be able to go up and an down engine. the entire game. He was an engine. And just Ledbetter, he's solid, but he's no Dumbuya. He, and he, so that that is what we're comparing him to. So, of course, he's going to be subpar in our eyes. And the other guy, Kyle. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, Björmertu. Björmertu. Yeah, uh, we call him El Vikingo on Arizona. Well, El Vikingo. <laughs> the Viking. El, the Viking. He is uh, under subpar for the Diaz spot. Obviously, why we brought in Darren King, uh, Daryl King. Which I love Daryl King. Daryl King is fantastic. I love Daryl King so when much. When he came in... I was I was reassured. Reassured. I mean, you're talking about having Cochran, Whelan, Daryl King, and because uh, I know we're not using this fucker, Ledbetter. Uh, we're using that contour guy when he gets here, the guy from Scotland. Yeah. So when when Contour finally decides to grace us with his presence, hopefully he can uh, he can win his uh, position there. Um, but. You know, moving forward from that and getting back, and now we're getting into the. All right, like let, let's move. On. Wait, before we move on to the meet, like we've been talking about the defense. The game that Eric Dick played against Kansas City, he showed so much confidence. Coming in as a as a backup keeper, trying to earn his spot, there were multiple times where he had to play with his feet, and he even like let himself. Um, like like we say in Spanish, se dio el lujo de hacer sus fantasías. Like he went on, he played a couple of trick plays. He did a couple of uh, of uh, just leading the the attackers on and juking them, being the literally the last line of defense, juking attackers in order to keep playing the ball. Eric Dick played a fantastic game. He did. I have like seeing him in that game got me one hundred percent assured that. If for whatever reason, knock on wood, knock on any kind of wood that you can possibly see, if Zach Lubin goes down for any reason, we we got the we got the box covered. Look, at first I wasn't sure about Eric Dick, but um, as I watched him play that game that you were speaking of, absolutely. Um, I mean, we even uh, apparently the the supporters came up with a new. You know, saying for him when he blocks a goal. Obviously, his name being <laughs> so, Eric and then his last name being Dick. Uh, we called it a cock block. So, yeah, when, whenever he makes a save, it's a cock block. You know why? Because he didn't score. <laughs> and we all know. We all know. Soccer has a keeper. Still means you can score. But he's a cock block. Um, you know what? I'm going to put it right now to commission a theme song. For cock block, for whenever we have it, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm willing to pay. (laughs) Good. Well, I'll just tell you this: Lubin could have some competition, but as of right now, Lubin is my sure bet to play most of the. Well, Lubin's Lubin's a starter, no doubt. I believe Eric is going to play the cup games, most likely. Like, and you know what? I'm fully if he goes out there. I am fully I'm confident, confident in him. Yeah. I, I, am I, I don't. I don't feel like we're coming out with a bad keeper. Like you, you, a lot of teams, where they bring out their backup keeper, 
They, they come out nervous. Yeah. They come out nervous. But no, he gave the team the confidence to be able to play the ball back to him, and he is confident with his feet. Because any goalkeeper who's a professional, whether it be MLS, whether it be USL, whether it be in Europe, Mexico, anywhere where a goalkeeper is a professional, obviously they're going to have good reflexes. Yes. Obviously they're going to have good jumping ability. They're going to have everything that a professional goalie should have. But it's the confidence to play the ball with your feet that makes you an elite keeper. And I believe Eric is on his way to being that. He, he absolutely. I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like uh, he is on his way. He is still very young. What is he in his? He's twenty five. I mean, he's, he's not young. His prime. He's, he's young. Starting as a, now. He's young as a keeper. Yes. Because as we all know, keepers can go as far as he's got 40. fifteen more years to go. You know, he you can go as far as forty. So I mean, and, and and we know this with Buffon. Tell that to Conejo we know this Perez. Con. We know this from <laughs> Perez. I mean, even Oswaldo Sanchez and and you know Mexican legend Oswaldo Sanchez. You know Jorge Campos. I love my that guy. Mexican legend. I love that guy. But let's move on to our attacking forwards. All right. John obviously went to greater and greener pastures. He went to Atlanta United. Uh, congratulations. I hope that you do very well. Looks like you have been doing pretty well as the preseason for MLS is playing on. Um, but we received a player from a third division. Um, I forgot what league exactly or what country. But he came from a third division. But that their division basically is the first division or the championship here in the United States. Um, Rafut Dadashov. Mr. Dadashov, who came in and just makes a statement with his presence. He does. The he, dude is absolutely. strong. Oh, he is strong. He is big at 6'2. I mean, he's not huge, but at 6'2. In, six in two, terms of, like. In terms of forwards, because forwards tend to be a lot shorter in this league for whatever reason. 6'2", you know, number nine, he's... He's right there. Like, that's... Absolutely. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, you're not going to get any NBA type, <laughs> you know, where 6'9 is considered a small forward, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, uh, I agree. But no, like, 6'2", he's a very good height. He knows exactly how to use his body and his strength to shield the ball. He has very good positioning on that. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this before you ask me. This is 100% an upgrade from Adam John. Nothing against Adam John. Second highest scoring uh, forward for Phoenix Rising last year. Uh, did a very good job for us. It was very good with the fans. One of the fan favorites, of course. I did not like how he was utilized because he was he played most of his time outside the box instead of using because he was pretty tall too yes he could have won a lot of balls through there but he was playing outside the box most of the time and allowing Flemings to come in from the left or uh asante to come in from the right you know he did open up a lot of doors but i feel like he himself could have done a lot better if he would have been utilized a little more but i feel like data shelf is a bit of a step up for that because he has not only his size but that vision to get the ball where it needs to be and that first touch is just incredible. All right. So, I agree with you with the whole utilization of John. I am harder to convince. 
at this moment. Reason why? Strong, yes. Technically, yes. But Adam John was our number two goal scorer. Now, I love John. Great forward. And especially after the fact that we had Cortez, which Cortez did fantastic, even though we were told that, oh, Cortez sucks and he's not good. Cortez fucking came in clutch. I would take Cortez back in a heartbeat. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? Cortez, if you're listening. Cortez, come back. Come back. (laughs) Hashtag, we could use you again. (laughs) But. That's the worst hashtag I've ever heard, Lucio. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, yes, he has shown he can play well in the third division of whatever fucking team or whatever fucking country was playing. I don't know where he's at. I don't know either. I forgot what it was. Google Maps doesn't pick it up for me. (laughs) (laughs) But my thing was that I still need to see something from him. I feel like... A goal? A goal. (laughs) That would be a start. But also the fact that he, he, he came with such like a great... Like, everyone had high expectations. Like, the Phil Kessel kind of thing. He's going to come in and replace John or sec. He's not even on the board right now. As a preseason. But it's preseason, right. like what, I said what, earlier. Uh, yeah, he, he does need he does need to get his form in this preseason. One thing I did, and I might also put this on being preseason, from the games that he's played, he can give a solid 70 minutes. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a lack of stamina, if it's just preseason, if it's just he needs to get more form. But after 70 minutes... He's useless. So that's I mean, something to something to think about. Something to, something to think I about. I love John, but John was in the same picture. After right. after 65, 70 minutes, John was basically out of gas. We needed to replace him, and I feel like at that point, Rick did not do well in replacing him up top. I've always compared John to Benzema. From Real Madrid. For the same reason that he plays outside the box. And because the coach never took him out. And I love Real Madrid. I hate Benzema. And, you know, I'm not going to go into this right now. Like I can see it. your face. Get I over can, it. I can see you going there. But you know what? It, it does have to do a lot with the coach. The coach has to know when to take him out. And yes, he is a good player. Yes, he does bring a lot. But after a certain point, he becomes useless. And you know and what? Especially after last year with Spencer, when he would come in, Spencer. Exactly. You had a perfect backup, backup to come in and play the last thirty minutes. Don't and wait till the last five. Exactly. So I feel like a lot of it was that Rick really wasted his his. His opportunity was Spencer, who happened to move on. Don't know where. Good luck to you, Spencer. I really liked you as well. Uh, but another person, Lagos. Lagos is uh, another good well, forward. Well, he is he is the Spencer to Dadashov, like like he like uh, Spencer was to Adam. Yes, that is what Lagos could be to Dadashov. Well, we have to see. He hasn't had a lot a lot of playing time. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, we still have to wait and see how he. He comes up again. It's going to be one of these things that there's there's a lot of talent in this team. I mean, like I said, we have some talented players playing. Everyone's going to be fighting for their spot, match after match. And we all know Rick will play the team, the the, the players that earn their spot. If you don't earn your spot, and we know this a lot with the midfield because he's moved the midfield a lot, and we have strong midfield midfielders. We have the strongest midfield. I mean, I we, believe. Look, we got Lambert. So here we got. Uh, Aguinaga, Bacero, which is... Starting three, right there. Starting three. Absolutely. We'll definitely think. Uh, 
Barbary can be a starter as well. I feel like Barbary has a good chance. Jordan could absolutely take uh, over for Jordan Lambert. will take over halfway through the season. He will. Jordan, you think so? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's just for Lambert per se or if Rick is just going to go to a 4-4-2 and had four midfielders down okay. there. That's, that's another option that he might do. But Jordan is going to be a starter okay. sooner or later. Well, we'll see what happens. Now, one of the players that I want to get to um, is Santi. Santi Moore, this past game against Rousseau Lake, the first half, he absolutely obliterated anyone who tried to guard him. He found spaces that you normally could not find. And kudos also to both Asante, to Lambert, uh, also Aguinaga a couple times for being able to find him in those spaces. Leaving him one-on-one. And he was an absolute demon down the left side. Doing absolutely everything to help his team win. In the first half, I was ready to give him the man of the match. With him, obviously, leaving later on. Um, and uh, with the performance Baquero did. And also with that absolutely fabulous goal that he scored. Yeah, uh, I, I believe Baquero took it in, yeah. in the end. But Santi Moore cannot be understated. Like, Santi Moore is going to be an absolute threat down the left side. And it all depends on how Rick utilizes him. Because I believe in the first half, in the first half, it was a little bit more 4-3-3 with Santi Moore up top to be able to attack more. In the second half, uh, again, I'm no expert in analyzing this. But I felt that he tried to do the 4-4-2 with Santi a little bit more towards the back in the midfield and that really limited his attacking presence up there but every little shot that he had to move up there he made Ralsal like sweat is he a left footer or a right footer I believe he's right footed is uh Fleming's a left footer or right? he's a right footer right yeah uh who's more of the goal scorer you think Fleming's or again more? that's all that's all gonna depend on how it's utilized because if it's Fleming, because in the beginning, no, Fleming's wasn't the start of this game. But if what we're used to is Fleming's on top. On the left. Fleming's number nine, whether that be Dadashov or whoever else, but it was Fleming's number nine and Asante up top. If they use it like that with Santi Moore in the back, obviously Fleming's going to have the line share of the goals. I, I feel, honestly, this is how I feel. I feel that Rick, starting season, you know, into the season, he might play more on top and have... But he will... Who, Santi? Yes. More okay. Santi. And have... This is just me, because I know we already established starting midfielders. Probably pull Sant- Asante into the midfield, depending on how it goes. Because Asante can play the midfield. Well, I feel like he does that most of the time. If the it, balls are going, saying. if and the balls aren't going forward, he plays the midfield most of the game. And going that's all the way why back. I think Santi would be a better fit going forward, because if we put Santi, Flemings, and Dadashov on top, you got too fast because that's fast. Asante yes. is fast. So and so is Flemings, and so is Santi. Yes. So they're both fast. Now you got a midfielder, an attacking midfielder at that. That can push forward as well and score. We know Asante can score. Oh, Everyone yeah. knows he can score. Definitely. So now you have a threat. Not only the three threat in the front, but you have 
two threats because with Bacaro, you have more of a threat of an assist inside. Yeah. And obviously, we can see he can shoot from the fucking outside. There it is. He got the goal of the preseason right there. So, that being said, those two, I, I feel like he might be pulled back into midfield. Still don't know. I mean, Rick Schantz is a very interesting character in the sense of how he puts his lines up. Um, I think we're still going to go with the four four three. I swear to God, if he changes it How's to... How's it going to be 4-4-3? A 4-3-3. I'm sorry. A 4-3-3. <laughs> swear to God, if he changes it to like a fucking 4-4-2 or a 5-1-2-1-3 or 2 or whatever the fuck... Now you're just talking nonsense. <laughs> it's just, you know, like, I swear to God, Rick, we're not playing FIFA here. Like, pick what works. Keep it simple. We know what exactly. works. Exactly. A 4-3-3 works. It's tried and true. It is what worked for you last season. Absolutely. So let's just keep it at that. All right. You can make the argument. Okay, all other teams know what you're going to be doing against them. Doesn't right? matter. They can know what they're doing against them. Who cares? You know what? You people knew what Kobe Bryant was going to be doing against them. Couldn't stop him. People knew what Jordan was going to be doing. Couldn't stop him. Larry Look at Larry. Ronaldo and Messi and all these great players. You know what they're going to do against you. Robin, Arjun Robin made a career cutting left and shooting for the goal. He's been doing that for over a decade. And still, Couldn't no one can him. stop him. It's one of those things, if it works, don't fix it. Yeah. If There's it ain't no, broke, don't fix it. There it is. That's the word. That's what if I mean. it ain't broke, don't fix it. I honestly believe that with this squad, uh, obviously we're hitting playoffs again. Without a doubt. I swear to fucking God, Ross Salt Lake, if you bring your fucking ringers again. We, we can beat them, obviously. We've already, we already shown that we can beat them. But uh, last thing uh, on Santi, just because I wanted to bring this up. How awesome is it that we took Santi from New Mexico and they, oh, and they also <laughs> lost Freighter? Uh, what do you think that matchup's going to be like? Because I fucking hate New Mexico. I can't wait. I cannot wait for that matchup. New Mexico, obviously, they made their presence known with their fans in the stadium. And you can say that as a compliment to them, saying that they could bring out people to the stadium, they can bring out their support, or you could look at it the other way, saying, you know what, there's nothing else to do in New Mexico on a Saturday night. <laughs> what else are you gonna do other than go to a soccer game? That's what I think. So there you go, half of the population of the city's there supporting their team, and because they had such great numbers, they were able to talk so much shit. Uh, it worked out for them. They went far in the cup. I mean, took us out. I mean, look, look. not gonna hide it. Why not? Look, look, and look, look, uh, hold on, hold on. Before we go, New Mexico, you gotta understand. You might have had people. There's nothing to fucking do in New Mexico, right? I went there. There's fucking nothing. I wanted to leave the second I got there. <laughs> I get there and I'm just like, dude, there's nothing to do here. Like, you don't even have a decent bars within the area. I'm sorry. You just it's trash. And I say that and with you the can mo- at me. And I can and I say that with <laughs> the sincerest part of my heart at me. All right. Secondly, <laughs> I mean the fact that you guys had to bring security and cops to escort us out just shows you, <laughs> just shows you how scared you were of the supporters that Phoenix brought to the stadium because you guys didn't bring shit. You guys brought nobody, and if you did, we didn't hear you. We didn't hear you. You can hear me. We didn't hear you, okay? And lastly, I hope that you guys try to make some moves this offseason. 
just so that you have no excuse when we beat the shit out of you this uh, this, this this season, all right? And take that to the bank, all right? I'm going to be like a Democrat. Take that to the bank. There you That's go. all I have to say. <laughs> Kenny, anything for you, Kenny? <laughs> same for me. All right, you see? <laughs> Fucking same for him. Kenny agrees. All right. <laughs> uh, I honestly can't wait for that game, man. Uh, um... We're going to look up that schedule to see when exactly it is. Because you know what? We're going to take another trip down there. We'll go down there. We'll go down there. And you know what? We are taking this this show with us. We are taking our microphones and our cameras over there so we can record ourselves winning Showing that game. And leaving. Exactly. <laughs> I have full confidence in this team. And um, obviously, Santi Moore coming from that team knows exactly what is up with them. And he felt that during the jersey reveal when he came out. New Mexico got mentioned. The place was booing all over the place. Obviously, all the boos were not to Santi Moore. Therefore, a lot, lot of people, lot of people were saying, "Oh, Santi Moore got booed." Let's, uh, they were trying to boo him out of the building. No, obviously, it wasn't towards him. It was towards New Mexico as a team. He is now a member of the Phoenix Rising, Absolutely. and he has shown that he wants to win with us. And I hope and I pray. That when, not if, when he scores against New Mexico, he celebrates in their stadium. I feel like he might not, just out of respect, but... No, fuck New Mexico. <laughs> you know what, then, at the same time... We're we going to contact him, we're going to tell him. We he has even, to celebrate. We don't, we don't even know if he liked New Mexico. I mean, he probably felt... He the signed same, real quick. He probably felt the same way. There was nothing to do there. He's, He's like, I'm gone. He signed real quick. And I'll this, say that. And this is all the disrespect <laughs> to New Mexico. All the disrespect. There's... <laughs> All the disrespect here. We don't like you. You came in cocky as shit to the league, thinking you were all Saints fucking whatever. And yeah, you fucking tied us, and yeah, you beat us in the Open Cup. But where were you in the playoffs? I mean, take it we didn't go far either, but we we were further than you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> all right, well, I mean, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us in this very first episode of Sticks and Kicks. We are going to continue to try to bring you the best kind of coverage for the Phoenix Rising and the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just uh, let us know how you feel. Give us some feedback. Uh, we might take it. We might not. I mean, to be fair, we're... We probably won't. Um, I'm, I've had four beers. And, I mean, these are good beers, not this fucking light shit. You know, these are some, what, like, five, six percenters? It's just good tasting beers. And good you know what? Beers. And we're not going to shout them out until they pay us. Why not? Absolutely. About six percenters here. So, uh, the one beer that I will shout out oh, without shit. without being here until until they come to Penny Lane. 100%. <laughs> there it is. Best beer in Arizona. Best you beer. You can find at Penny Lane. Brewing company. If you don't know where it's at, you don't know where beer is. Exactly. You know what good beer is. Well, uh, once again, just a quick shout out to our sponsor, Maya's Bar and Grill, for helping make this show possible, for giving these two absolute drunken lunatics an opportunity to get in front of the microphone and just spew absolute bullshit over things we barely know about. But hey, this is our passion. Sports is what brings us together. Uh, both the Arizona Coyotes and Phoenix Rising are two teams that are on the rise here in Arizona, not getting enough uh, attention and enough credit that they deserve. 
And I believe that one of these two teams are going to be the next national champion before any of the other professional teams here in Arizona. Absolutely. So uh, on behalf of uh, myself, on behalf of uh, Martin Lucio, Red Fury, Bandidos, thank you so much for joining us. And we hope to see you next time on the next episode of Sticks and Kicks. Thank you so much. Later.